Welcome to the 110th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We've had a bit of a a prolonged break from the podcast for various reasons. My daughter was poorly in uh, hospital, as as most of the listeners know. However, we are back with a bang, and it really is a bang. Brian Law, 40 appearances for the Wolves, one goal between December 1994 and May 97. I've been chasing him for two years. Brian, how are you? Oh, good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Sorry it took so long. Um, hey, I know you're a, I know you're a busy guy. Um, we always start at the stocks. We've got so much to go through today. I did see you. You, you pulled up on the car park of the Mount Hotel. Here we are. So you've got your, your license back, which is good. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Born New Year's Day, 1970. Happy New Year. Um, trainee for QPR, making your debut in 1987. So really, your journey into football, how you got spotted and how you ended up at QPR? Okay, um, yeah, I'm from pretty, from Merthyr Tidville, uh, pretty successful uh, boys club, Georgetown Boys Club. Played for them from 10s up to 16. Um, we were quite successful as we'd won a lot of Welsh championships and we won a British five-a-side. Um, but it wasn't until I got into the Welsh under-15 schoolboy team um, that uh, you know, other clubs started taking an interest. So it was QPR, um, Man City and Leeds and um, the, the Welsh clubs, Aston Villa, and the end I opted for QPR. And Q, for you, young lad from Merthyr Tidville, going into the bright lights of London must have been a, a real eye-opener. Yeah, a bit of a culture shock. Um, it, was, it was good. We, we had lots of kids from Ireland, Scotland, um, from um, Northern Ireland. So it was a good bunch of Celts against the English, against the Cockneys. Um, but yeah, things were okay. I did really well. I was quite successful early on. Um, played for Wales Youth and um, I was training with the first team a lot uh, early on. Um, and I think that was a bit of a downfall because we had the plastic pitch. Yes, and, I um, remember. Yeah, the plastic, Loftus Road, the plastic pitch. So I played every youth team game, every reserve team game, trained with the first team. We go on to win. We had the FA Cup and you have, you have the... Um, the Floodlit Cup. We won the Floodlit Cup. Yep. And so um, that week was um, probably my best week in football. I win the Cup on Monday. Yeah. On the Saturday, I make my debut. And then on the Sunday, I go away with Wales. And so after that, then it was downhill from all there. Then I started picking up injuries. I think the plastic pitch and all the games over playing contributed to my arches. Yes. Um, my plantar fascia ligament. Um needing treatment on both feet uh, they were operated on and then it changed the whole biodynamics yep. and so my metatarsal started cracking so this was like a three-year period yep. on and off playing injury playing injury uh, but it culminated with we had a new manager Trevor Francis took over yes um, we had a lot of injuries um, there was a lot of interest in me um, I think uh, somebody come in for me for a quarter of a million um, and so I think the club wanted me to play. Uh, so they were injecting me on the Monday yep. uh, with cortisol. I wouldn't train all week, but then I'd play on a Saturday. Bit like Paul McGraw. Oh, he was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. um, and so then I couldn't walk then for the rest of the week. And then that went on, played me out of position, just 
crazy stuff. I remember playing against, uh, we had Forrest away in the cup, and we had Lee Chapman up, up front. Yeah, I remember Lee Chapman. Middle. And so I played against him against Sheffield Wednesday, and I'd done well against him, so that wouldn't have been an issue. But they had Franz Carr playing on the wing. So instead of me playing me up the middle and Danny Maddox going out wide, yeah. he played me out there, and I got roasted. I think we conceded five. And, um, and they played Danny in the middle, and Danny got battered. Yeah. Um, so terrible, terrible decisions. I really didn't enjoy my football, really not enjoying um, QPR. And so I think, as you said earlier, you alluded to the bright lights of London. Yes. Things went a little bit downhill. Um, well, before we come to that, because Brian has been so honest and he said, look, what do you want me to talk about? And I said, look, Brian, we've got a lot to cover. Um, and Brian said, listen, ask me anything. And, and, and there's some stories he's never actually told before. And I know his brother's tuning in, so I hope, he's, uh, I hope his brother knows some of these. But what's very interesting, we'll come on to what happened off the pitch, but you got your first Wales cap, age 19. You'd already played for the under-16s, under-18s, under-21s. As a 19-year-old man, boy, to make his debut for your country, that must have been a real huge honour, Brian. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I'd actually, um, as I said to you, when I was in the, well, the squad as a youth team player, I think I was 18. I was due to be the youngest player to play for Wales. We had Holland in the European Championships, the 88 Championships, with Ruud Heller and yeah. uh, Marco van Basten playing up front. And not, not a bad side, was it, that? Amazing. And um, I think, you know, it was in the press. I was going to be the youngest player. And it was, I, I think it ended up being a bit too much. I was a bit overawed. I was meeting my heroes. I think yeah. it was... Um, uh, Ian Rush, Mark Hughes, I, I was sharing a room in Neville Southall, making tea. You wouldn't be able to fit in it with him now. I know. <laughs> yeah. I think he's doing some great work, though. I oh, he is, he is, he is. But, yeah. for, but they're, they're, for you, young Welsh lad, and the Welsh team, absolute legends, and all of a sudden, you, you're in... I'm there, yeah. yeah. And, and so a bit overawed, uh, they pull me out last minute, I don't play, but then I go on, with, go, keep on travelling to Italy and Malta, so I, I wait a year then before I make yeah. my debut in Sweden. Yeah, great, fantastic. Um, we, we lost 4-2, but it was a great experience. And I take it you've still got the cap? I haven't, no. I mean, they were in the cupboard in the bag for about 10 years, and in the end I gave them to the museum. Really? Yeah, my kids were just throwing them around. <laughs> them around the room, so I, so I, I got get rid of these. That is brilliant. Now, what's, what's very interesting, we're going to come on to, Brian uh, retired... In 1991, aged, I think it was 21, 2021. Yeah, 2021. But there's a reason behind that. So you hit the bright lights of London at QPR, and where did it all start going wrong? Yeah, so it all starts going wrong. I'm not training. I'm, um, yeah, as I said, playing out of position. I'm not happy. They're injecting me. I, I'm not really enjoying it. The, 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 the acid house rave, illegal rave scene starts in London. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not a Luther Van Dross guy, but shouldn't I? So I kind of find myself in, a, you know, in warehouses and fields and aircraft hangars. And um, yeah, I just I spent more time in aircraft hangars than I did on the training ground. And I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't train. My, my bones were cracking. All my metatarsals were cracking because they radically altered the biomechanics of my, of my body, my feet. Right. They released the plantar fascia ligament in both feet, which caused my, you know, this kind of change yep. in the biomechanics. And um, 
So yeah, you know, Don Howe wasn't happy, he wanted to beat me up, and um, Les Ferdinand and David Kerslake and Ray Wilkins are going, you know, you can't do this, mate, you've got to... You've got I mean, they're really massive, massive names who've played at the highest echelon of English football, and they're probably trying to put you absolutely. on the... Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I'll try and try my best. But we had a great physio came from Tottenham, Mike Varney, and he said, just, you've got to go away. Have you ever thought about travelling, going backpacking? I'd never thought about going backpacking, or i only just been out of Merthyr. <laughs> and so I thought that's the best thing for me to do. I'm not enjoying football. I'm not enjoying living this kind of life and, you know, raves around the country. Um, so I bought a round-the-world ticket. I bought eight countries and I just got my ba- uh, backpack and just went. So for, for you, Brian, you did allude to it. And it's OK to say on this podcast because, look, we've all... Everyone's made mistakes and everyone's been young and every... I take it there was drugs involved, there was alcohol involved, there was... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. There was there was lots of drugs involved. <coughs> it, 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 you know, it's not the hardcore stuff. It's the recreational stuff that seems yes. to be exploding in the eighties. Yes. And it was, um, yeah. And that probably, well, it's not probably. It would have affected my healing process. Absolutely. You know, the the doctors are looking. Why Why isn't he getting better? Why aren't Why aren't his bones repairing? Yeah. Um, probably because he's dancing on top of his club car in the, uh, you know, in the middle of the field and. So, so for you, you at that point, young man, nineteen twenty, you know, you're in, you're in and around the Welsh squad. Um, you're at a massive club, QPR. You've got all the biggest names in British football helping you along the way. For you, you've got a golden opportunity there, and it seems to be almost running away from you because of of, of your actions yeah, almost off the pitch. Absolutely, yeah, then, but those actions off the pitch, you know, they, there was this kind of um, I was unhappy with being injected. Yeah. I was, you know. And you have to remember, you have to go back. Um, we didn't have the right diets in those days. We were still having beans and toast for pretty much meals. Yeah. Or we were having steak, which is all protein. It can't be broken down into energy. Yeah. You know, we're, we're drinking on a Wednesday, you know, footballers day off, you know, um, all these things. The physios were bag men. They would just spray you, you know, yeah. put a little thing on you. Magic so, sponge. You know, we, you weren't having the best treatment. There wasn't much kind of, there wasn't any mentoring or anything going on like that. And the, and the 80s football, especially the one that could head the ball at the ground, you were expected to go through things, play through injuries, yeah. have injections, not complain. But those things just add up. Yes. And it takes its toll on, on physically. And then I think emotionally, psychologically, being involved in that scene. Yeah. You know, all these things come together. Of course. And the only way for me I could see was to get out of London yeah. and go as far away from London as I possibly could. So as far away from London, backpacking around the world, yeah. which far-flung countries did you go to and what did you get up to, Brian? Yeah, so I, I went, I went. I, I, I made a huge mistake. I should have gone into the summer in Australia, but I went to New York and LA and Hawaii and New Zealand and that took me about six months to settle down yeah. before I ended up in Australia. And I spent six, I spent about three months in Australia backpacking, really backpacking this time, you yeah. know, living off grid and things like that, living on little islands, meeting great people, meeting people outside of my context. I'd only known footballers and, you know, yeah. we were rowdy and, you know, industrial language and we all leave school with, you know, with thick as uh, short plank. Um, and then meeting different people who were primarily ed- university people, so really good to broaden my horizons. And then I end up in India, and um, yeah, I can. I mean, I nearly got kidnapped in India. I, um, Tell us more. Well, yeah, I started off in Calcutta where I was ill for a week, and I couldn't leave the bed. I was on the in a. I remember being in a uh, uh, just in one of the worst places you've ever slept in your life, uh, with damp everywhere, and no, I had no bedding or anything, but I couldn't move. I was there for a week. 
But I ended up traveling up to um, Varanasi, which is the holiest place in India, and you go on the Ganges, and then there's dead bodies floating in the water, banging up against the boat. The bodies are being burned on the side. So, you know, this is kind of, you know, you're seeing it in a yeah. completely different part of the world. There was, um, I think there was some sort of war going on up in Kashmir, you know, between Pakistan and India. It's a yeah. disputed territory. And it's a place of the Raj, the British Raj. So you have five-star luxury accommodation up there, but nobody's yes. going there. So if you go there, you can go for 50 pence a night. Yeah. And you can live like a king. Yes. So I thought I'd, I'd have some of that. You know, I'm been too, right? I can handle myself. So I go there, and then um, I stay with his family. Um, the boy looks a bit shifty, the, you know, the lad. And so we finish the meal, and then he's insisting I have this drink. And I'm like, I, yeah, I don't really want to drink. I'm full. I'm very grateful for the thing. So I drink it because I've got to be polite because I'm away from anywhere. Anyway, I start feeling so dizzy and I'm stumbling around and I can see him just looking at me, staring at me. No way. So I have to get up and I run to the door and I open the door and I, you know, I chuck everything at the door in the bedroom, the bed, the cupboards, everything at the door. And then I start shouting out for a boat waller because I can't go anywhere because I'm on a boat. And I shout for the boat waller and I'm shouting and shouting. And, but, you know, little did he know I'd spent in the last three years, like Tony Montana in flipping Scarface. <laughs> so he needed a lot more to knock me out. Um, yes, so your, 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 your <laughs> tolerance levels were through level. the roof. Yeah, so exactly. So he, he wasn't getting me that easy. Um, but I screamed and screamed and screamed, and then a boat waller came, and I took my stuff, and he's taking me away. He's going, bad people, bad people. And what do you think his plan was? Well, they, they kidnap Westerners, and they take the passports, and they look for some sort of ransom. Right. So... It, the, they, they were looking for Israeli travellers. They were Israeli travellers. Really? They, yeah, that's the kind of, you know, when you start asking the questions of other travellers. And as soon as you said you was a footballer, I bet they thought, no, really? I, no, I wasn't yeah. a footballer. It was just that, you know, it, it was because there's no Westerners yeah. there. There's nobody there. So they think, well, this is easy. Yes. Um, and so that was a, yeah, that was a bit of a, even a story. So had you almost, you're backpacking around the world, you're on boats in India, had you turned your back on the game? Is, was it he, was he forgotten? Was he, was he, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not thinking, not thinking about it at all. Um, met uh, some chaps on the way from Wales, so you know we travelled together. We were talking about football, talking about rugby. Um, we, we, you know, we travelled a long time together. But I eventually got to Goa. I don't know if you know Goa. Yes, Calangut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bagger Beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never been there, but it's always somewhere I wanted to go. Okay, yeah. So Anjuna and all this kind of stuff. So there. So you got all the hippies. You got all the dropouts. And I'm thinking, nah, I don't want to be like that. Yeah, not me. Uh, and then I that's the next level of drugs so then, that you I, don't want to get to but honestly and then you see the kind of spiritual people so that was quite interesting for me because you know it, it was my journey to being a Christian yes I, I had some background in, 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 in you know, as a Christian school when I was a kid so there was that kind of thing and then I played football on the beach and then I'm you know tackling people and you know smashing people into the water yeah and then one of the lads goes you know, why, why didn't you think about playing football I started thinking about it. I thought, oh, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I've maybe healed, maybe, you know. And then I go to Kathmandu in Nepal. Then I do the trek up to the base camp, yeah. uh, which is days and days. Um, and then I start seriously thinking about it. And so then I think, oh, I'm going to go home now. I'm going to go back. And I head back. I go into Moscow. And then I go get the train all the way home. But I don't think pro. I think, how am I going to make a living? Yes. You know, am I going to go back to my parents in Merthyr? And will Maybe I play, play non-league exactly earn a few quid as exactly. tradesmen or whatever yeah exactly I wasn't thinking about I mean I thought it would be impossible to get back into the game because I'm what 24 now you know I'm so, so this is, is what really really puzzles me because bearing in mind this is the 90s Wolves are a massive club 
you'd played at QPR, but you've got three years in the wilderness. Now, to anyone who, who leaves the game for three years, the chances of them getting back is probably harder. It's probably less of a percentage than getting to be where you were in the first place. You got back to England and you did have an unsuccessful trial at Millwall, I believe. Yeah, so before that, um, I called Tony Roberts. So oh, I, yeah. I rang Tony. Yeah, we've had Tony on, yeah, yeah Tony Roberts. I, I, I can't believe he didn't tell you the story. No. He's like, oh, mate, he's terrible. So he's not got a club. So we're at QPR. Oh, yeah, of course. So it's like three, 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 three months, three, four months. I'm playing for Wales. or We're, we're training with Wales. We're playing a, a team. He's the only player on the list um, with no club. So yep. it's me and Chris Coleman, centre-halves. He's the keeper. Chris Coleman and I are dreadful. Keeper's unbelievable. He's making saves. He's brave as a lion. You know, he looks straight. He's got a mullet. He can hardly speak English. <laughs> you know, he's from Chicken Chip Wales. Up somewhere up Brilliant. So I go back to QPR. I said, is, is this keeper? He's unbelievable. I said, you've got to sign him. I said, but I want money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they say, how much do you want? I said, 50 quid. They get, There's the 50 quid. They go and get him. They bring him down. They sign him that week. And then, poof, he's off. Amazing. So I can't believe he didn't tell you. I, I, no, no, I no. He started his career. He, he didn't tell me that. And now he, he's at AC Milan. But he, oh, yes, he is. Of course, he is. Well, he was at Wolves, obviously, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then to Millwall. So, yeah, so I, I, I call Tony. And Tony says, everybody you know is still here. I'm going to tell him. Yeah. So Trevor Fran- um, Jerry Francis is the manager. I don't know Jerry Francis that well. Yeah. But other people are still at the club. Yeah. They say, come up. I said, I'm not fit. They said, get yourself fit, come up. Had you kept fit while you was no, dropping? No, nothing at all. So no, you've got to weights or... I yeah. go to... So I train three times a day. I go train in the morning, I run. Yeah. Uh, I go wait in the afternoon and I go to boxing. And it's funny, this boxing club had pictures of Les Ferdinand and all the QPR players on the ball. They were all QPR fans. Yeah. So I go boxing three times a week and yeah. that would kill me in the boxing. So I train three times a day, train for about four months at three times a day. Yeah. QPR say, come up. So I go up and I train with them and I'm okay. I'm playing against different things. Then they said to me, go to Norway on, um, for the summer yeah. and see if you can get fit. I remember arriving at Norway, I kept my long hair, yeah. and I come out of the, get out of the airport, I'm going down, there's all these cameras, like looking, like, looking around like that, thinking, who are they looking at? And it was me, because at the time, Norway football wasn't that big there. Yes. So they loved English clubs. So, so they got a player coming from QPR, yeah. and it was for three years, so I'm getting all these camera people around me, so I play over there, I get set, I'm beating people, they're not used to English tackling. Yeah. I get sent off a couple of times, they're all going, oh no. So anyway, they say, no, we can't have him. I get a phone call at, like halfway through the season saying, we wish we'd kept you because they were losing every game. So I go back, I keep picking up injuries, injury, injury, I'm playing all the time. I get requests from non-league clubs to come and then we, I play, QBI, really not sure, they don't know what to do with me. And then um, Millwall come in um, yep. and they say, come down, we want to have Who was the manager then? Mick, he was the Irish manager. Was Mick McCarthy? It? Mick McCarthy, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Mick McCarthy's on the, on the dressing room door. Not I didn't, know, I didn't know this. I knew he was the manager, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's knocking the dressing room door. Like yeah. That, saying, can I, can I speak to him? Can I speak to him? And QPR players keep team management are in there. And um, I said, I can't go out, can't you? He's knocking the door. Car outside, so I, I want you down. I want you down. I want you down. Come down. Get the car, organised, go down. Same thing. I get blood clot. I get pain in my groins. I get injured. And after about five, four or five weeks, he says, look, you're not better than what I've got. So, because um, I'm, I'm just not, I can't do it. I, you I can't really argue can't with honesty, can you? No, if someone, Mid-Card is direct manager, yeah. he tells you. So, I, you know, I'm playing and injured, playing. And I remember going and having this huge, like, red mark here. They have to kind of dig out because I've yep. got infections in both areas. 
around my groin. So I go back to QPR and I'm thinking, oh, this is dreadful. I, I'm not going to get it. I got non-league clubs ringing me up, um, a couple of ex-Chelsea players we were managing. And I'm sitting there thinking, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Phone rings. Do you want to speak to Graham Taylor or do you want to speak to Aberdeen? And I'm like... <laughs> I say, well, Graham... And Aberdeen is north of north of north yeah, Scotland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I, I say... I not say, that you I'll, mind travelling. I'll speak to... Yeah, I'll speak to Graham Taylor. So he comes on the phone. I remember you from Watford when you were a kid because they tried to steal me from... Right. So they tried to steal me from QPR. Yeah. Um, I was about to sign for QPR and they got on the phone and they said, get over to Watford. And there was a Welshman who was the youth team guy. He says, you've got to come because you're Welsh. Who was um, that now? Tom Wally. Yes. And I'll tell you how I know that because you, well, you just told me, Ewan Roberts. Ewan, yeah. yeah. Well, Ewan was there. Yes. Ewan and Malcolm Ewan Arnold mentioned there. Tom, yeah. So I, um, I, I would play against them and they would speak in Welsh. Uh, when we played against them, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. can you speak Welsh? No, I can't. That's, <laughs> all, right. That's all right, then, for our yeah. Welsh listeners. Ewan and, um, and, and Mal were there, um, and then Tom Wally gets me over and he gets me, he's got me up against the wall, and he's like, You gotta come, you gotta come, you're Welsh, you're gonna, I'm gonna make you a player, blah blah blah. Yeah, so Graham and um, Steve Harrison remembered me, from yes, those Steve days. Harrison, of course. Yeah, so they remembered me, so that's what he says on the phone. I remember you, you know, you came over, we remember you, we were talking about you. You're the sort of, you know, we need your sort of um, player. I, I know what's happening with you. I can see that you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. What you need to do is come to me. I'm going to give you six weeks in a hotel here at the Mount. Yes, where we I'm are now. I'm going to give you a bit of pocket money. Yeah. And you're going to play in my reserves because the reserves are terrible. Yeah. And I'm not going to watch you. I'm just going to give you time. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. You guys get on the train, Monday morning, get to the ground. So I'm like, yeah. So I've got long hair now. I've been traveling. I've got long hair. I've done it in the middle wall. They're all looking at me. I get out. Barbara's, I'm not messing yeah. around with Graham. Sorry, going in the army. Right, right, I'm going to get this right. Say, uh, I'm not going to mess around with him. I shave my hair off and I come up and I remember getting out, getting a black card from the station and seeing the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, because I'd come up with QPR as a kid to play against Wolves when you were at the bottom. Yes. So the, the, the ground's dilapidated yeah. then. Terrible. And I was thinking, oh, goodness because I remember Wolves from when in the 80s yeah because that's the first time Wolves came into my I was 10 year old you're playing in that cup yeah the crowd at Wembley yeah Nellies, final. yeah yeah John yeah Richards you got Andy Emily Gray, Hughes Emily yeah Hughes. yeah yeah um, unbelievable I used to love Wolves yeah that, that you know even when I've seen it lately the hairs on your head stand up the flags behind the, the you know the goal so I remember Wolves and I've seen it I think she's awful why, why would you want to play it's a terrible club and then I come back up and, and I then see you think, it and I go, hello. Wow. So, so for you, Brian, this is, it's, it's almost mind-blowing. So you've been travelling around the world. So you, you, the football dream has, has gone. You come back, you reach in, you want to get back into football if you can. Next thing you know, you're at Molly. Wolves are a big club, huge club. Graham Taylor, ex-England manager. For him to take a chance on you and give you an opportunity must have been huge because look it's a massive ground at this point it's a massive club we're vying for the Premier League I bet you're thinking hang on a sec you know you must be thinking what an opportunity no it, it was amazing absolutely and then you know the quality of players you had here of course and then what, what Graham Taylor was trying to do um, he, you know, he was bring, He wanted the training to be different. He wanted the food to be different. He yep. wanted the way that we presented ourselves. Everything was that sort of top level. Yes. Coming from international level, and so that was really exciting. Then he was bringing in players like John De Wolf. Yes. Um, 
So it was, it was, it was great. And then to be involved in some of the games, you know, with the with the cups and things like that, was just it really felt so like for it was you, a special place. This is the thing. It's a, you played at QPR, then you, you you're on boats in India. There's a decadence, you know. The dream's gone. It's all over. You know, this is the next chapter. I'm sure you had a great time over backpacking. I'm sure you did. But I bet you thought those days of stadiums and that they're gone. Yeah, of course. I, I didn't dream that I would end up somewhere like uh, Wolves. Um, it is, as you say, it's a proper what we call football park. Yes. It's a proper club. It's yeah. been around since the beginning. You yes. Know, it's had that European glory. Yes. You've got legends and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, it was great. I mean, QPR's a good club. Yes. Millwall's a good club. Yeah. I'm really proud to be captain of Millwall. Absolutely. Wolves is a proper club. And so, you know, coming here, it was very exciting and great to be involved in every way. So... The, the trial went well because Wolves had to part with the priceless sum of £134,000, broken down as a £100,000 to, to QPR and £34,000, I believe, to the insurance company, insurance company who'd yeah. obviously paid you out yeah. for retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, looking at it now, the hundred and thirty grand is not a oh, huge amount of money. For Penetti Bierney um, that week now. But the thing, um, QPR then, so yeah. I play and then... As I come to Wolves, it all goes right. So I play eight, six games yeah. in, the, in the reserves and it all's going well. And I, yes. and I can see the, the expressing stars saying this, you know, all these stories and going to play. But Kubiana come up to watch me because um, Ray Wilkins has taken over and I yes. play with Razor. So I know Razor quite well. So then he calls and he says, we want him back. We're going to take him. And then Graham Taylor says, look, they want you back. They hold your registration. Are you going to go? And I, I really regret this. I said, um, not that I, I said to Graham, I don't want to speak to him because I, all I thought of, I don't want to go back to London. Yeah. I don't want, and this is... Because you know, within two months, you're going to be in a warehouse. Yeah, I'll be in a warehouse. Right now, I'm 25. So I said, no, I, I should have spoke to him as a man and said to him, look, Grace, I'm not going to come. I'm really, uh, this is the place for me. But I didn't speak to him. And I just said, look, uh, you know, uh, Gaffer, I want to stay here. I yes. Want to be, I want to be here. Snake. So that, he said... Then the thing is, he's got me in the in the next day. He's got me in this room, like you know, contracts out. Yeah. He said, "You're playing tomorrow." <laughs> I'm like, "What? Playing tomorrow?" It was um, old Christmas. Old him away. Yeah, you got to play. Signed. So all of a sudden, you're in the first team. They offer you a contract. Um, one thing I don't normally ask these for players in the nineties. I'm just I suppose nosing intrigued. How much was that contract for? And the uh, reason it was rubbish. That's what I mean. Uh, it was rubbish because I was stupid. Because I was, I was naive. Naive. look at the players that are around the club at the time, yeah. Bully, Don well, Woodman, yeah, yeah. John DeWolf, they was all on a few quid, you know, a few thousand a week. Yeah. So my, 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 I'm just, I suppose, you know. No, I'll tell you. I mean, I, so my first contract QPR when yeah. I was 17 was £250 a week. Yeah. So that was 1987. Yeah. So this contract was 1500 quid a week. Yeah. At Wolves. Okay. Yeah, at Wolves. Which? And which, which really... Um, by the time it's taxed and stuff like well, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, but at the stage of my career, I've only got till 30. Yeah. So I really have to make But then you're looking around the dressing room and there's players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're on big money. So, yeah. yeah so the contract, I, I used somebody from the PFA. I could have used an agent. Yeah. But I didn't want to be disrespectful to Graham Taylor. Absolutely. And start so, forcing his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really messing him around because I thought this is an opportunity. I don't want to do that. I'll take somebody who he's recommended from the PFA. Yeah. So we go to PFA and the PFA guy's called Star. Yeah. I mean, like, let's be realistic. You probably wouldn't have even looked at, you know, the only thing I should have said was I, I'd like it longer. I'd like three years or four years. Yes. That's the only, that's my only, I don't care about the money. Yeah. So yeah, you're playing tomorrow. So we go up. 
So Wolfie and I haven't done much together, so we, we try and play a high line and it's absolutely disastrous. We yeah, see, four there's four, one. it was 4 yeah. 1. It, and it wasn't, three of the goals were offside, 100%. But we played right. this stupid high line. Wolf but let me tell you something, I, I looked at the stats. With you in defence, Wolves, and bearing in mind this was this That's this debut right. was in December. Yeah, Wolves only lost five games with you in the team that season. Really? Yes. Wow. So it might have only been four with you in the team actually, because I think you was out for one of them when they lost. But that was my point. You you did actually galvanise the defence. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I could make a living by heading the ball out the ground. And that's, yeah. what, that's what Graham was looking for. He said, you know, we, we know you. And uh, Steve Harrison said, head on a stick, just head it, as, you know, because that's the game. That yes. was the game then. And also, I think, you know, they wanted me to help Wolfie settle in. Yeah. Um, the, you know, because he took a Off long the time. No, no, because he was, wasn't used to the speed <laughs> and the kind of, you know, the balls coming in. Because he yes. played maybe at a high level European football. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. And he's coming down to the championship. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit crazy. And it is, it is at that, to be fair, head it and kick it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. At that, you know, at, especially early on, you know, at that, when everybody's trying to get, trying to get that promotion, you just, you know, you're, you're yeah. playing that way. And so I go and challenge, you know, I go and attack everything. Yeah. And then Wolfie sells. Yeah. Um, and that's fine because he's, you know, he's the superstar. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, some of the games. I don't know if you remember them. Um, uh, listen, that was my era, really. Um, when I first started going nineties, that's when. And then obviously women get involved, and then you know oh, I was like you, I was in warehouses, yeah. and I forgot about the walls for a few years. Yeah. But one game that sticks out in my mind: Birmingham sitting in the FA Cup. Oh. Um, I believe it was January the seventeenth, nineteen ninety six. We won two. One body got one of the goals. Yeah. You handled it on the line yeah. to prevent a goal. Yeah, top corner save. Top corner save. And I remember that. It was yeah. a great save, to be honest. Great save. I mean, f- for you, Brian, um, you got a red card in before. You yeah, know, yeah, straight off, yeah. I suppose it was without hesitation, wasn't it? That's going in the top corner. You're a defender. Yeah, and I think that's it, really. You're a defender. You know you've got no chance of getting it with the head, so the yeah. hand comes out, and you, then you're going, you're, and you're praying. That st- was it Stowley or was it Jonah? It would have been... Okay. Oh, actually, that's a great question. Um, I think it was Stowley. I think it could have been Stowley, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could have been. Yeah, so where was he at that time? What, it was, so he's out of position. You're then doing his job. Shocking. Man. Mopping it up. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I remember... I can see it now. Did you sort of plead... Oh, it was me. Yeah. yeah. I tried to blag it. Of course you did. The ref's gone, no, mate. No, we gone. <laughs> straight away, straight, straight red. Away, straight off, yeah. And you do it all again, wouldn't you? Because yeah, that's going to go in. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for me, the, the, the exciting was the FA Cup, the, um, the Mansfield away. Yes. You know, playing on that sand, being 2-0 down at half-time. You know, the changing room was smaller than this. <laughs> smaller in this room. And they turn all the hot water off. You know, we can't sit, we can't get any of the kit in. Didn't Graham Taylor break? He's Graham that Taylor game. smashed up the dressing room. Tea went everywhere. Smashed, yeah. You effing this, you effing that, you yeah. effing that. Out we go. Robbie D. Thank you very smashes much. Smashes it in. And, the, the, you know, the crowd behind the goal, they're nearly on the pitch. They're coming yeah. everywhere. There's still sand everywhere. And then we go and win it 3-2. That's right. Unbelievable. As John DeWolf said, he said, we're at Mansfield. He said, I've never heard of Mansfield. <laughs> he said, I thought, where's this? And he said, and Graham Taylor kicked a bottle and broke his toe. Mate, he just, he went mental. Absolutely. Proper hair dry treatment, yeah, yeah. proper screaming at you. But it was brilliant. It's all about that FA Cup. You know, Absolutely. The romance. And then we come and we play on the Saturday home is it left would we would we play Leicester well I was Where, your solitary goal for the Wolves 3-2 oh, defeat against Leicester I was later, I was later. oh yes sorry was that, sorry Leicester in the FA Cup yeah was it Leicester in the FA Cup David Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Kelly. Oh. 
Yeah, what a goal that was. That was, I think it was goal of the month. Was it? Yeah, David Kelly breaking down yeah, yeah, the left, yeah, yeah, yeah. played it out to Don at the right. Don run down, crossed oh, it in, diving in, and David Kelly. Yeah, 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 unbelievable. That was a great game. That was proper FA Cup, three o'clock, yes. noise, freezing cold. I remember that, that was brilliant. Oh, they were great. And your goal against Leicester, again, yeah. uh, solitary goal, we lost 3-2. Yeah. Do you remember the goal? I do remember the goal. Yeah, I, I spoke to the um, the phot- photographer. I saw it in a in a program. Uh, he's caught me really well in the air as I'm heading it. Yeah. And I asked him, "Do you have a copy?" And he and he hasn't got a copy of it. Really? Yeah. It's um, and he's caught me unbelievable shot. You know, as I'm heading it um, from outside the box. I think it is on the edge of the box, isn't it? Wow. And it, 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 I suppose like for Bolly, um, oh, now Bolly, and you speak to him. And, if I said to him, oh, Brentford away, you scored that, yeah, you can remember. But yeah. for you, when you score a goal, yeah. you do remember it, or yeah. key moments. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. I didn't really know. All the lads were laughing at me because I didn't have to celebrate. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> they said, what are you doing? Why are you running around and, you know, jumping into the crowd? And, 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 and for you, you know, I suppose then the days of the warehouses, the days of all the travelling, it, it, it must seem then a million miles away because you're playing in front of nine thirty thousand people at Wolves. I think that FA Cup game, I think there's twenty seven thousand in the ground. Yeah. I bet you thought. I mean, that must have been beyond your wildest dreams to get back to that level. Yeah, yeah, no, it really was. Um, I think everything, the away support, the cup runs, um, the, some of the crazy games that we were involved in, Derby three three. Yes. We had that. You remember half the stadium left when we were at home. We were two 0 down. Yeah, I think. Um, I'm, yeah, I think we, I went down the bubble half time. Yeah, and we came two two. You know where Gribber scored last. Yeah, game. Sheffield United. Oh mate, all in crazy fact, I, games. I did stop for that one. Sheffield United. Yeah, two two nil down, two one yeah, down. Yeah. And then I think it was the ninety sixth minute. Yeah, yeah. And the grounds are empty. empty. Neil Emblen scored, yeah, and yeah. that was like a tin so of John West. It just seemed to be all those type of games. You know? Yes. Being involved in that and the crowd and the noise and the, you know, the just how happy people were around the town. And oh, and and so much so, your career almost it is taking off because you get a recall to the, the Welsh squad on the 29th of March 1995 yeah. against Bulgaria. You've had an almost five year sabbatical. You've been around the world for three years. You got your boots back on to be called back into the Welsh squad. Yeah, you must think it's 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 literally going full circle, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know who we played uh, that night before I go down, but I've got smashed in the face. My eye is like a tennis ball. I can't see. Yeah. My eye has come up so big. And so I go to Wales, and I'm also injured. So I I don't know who we we played. And I go down, and I wake up, and I'm sharing with... um, Who's the the actor? Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones? Are you sharing with Vinnie? So the first time Maybe I got better this year was Neville Southall, which is like great because I'm talking about all the, you know. Then I'm with Vinnie Jones, and Vinnie Jones goes out hunting. He's got all his plus fours on and his shotgun, and he's out lamping and shooting rabbits. Yeah. So he comes in at like five o'clock in the morning, and I'm there with my eyes smashed up and, and limping around. I'm thinking, well, you know, what am I doing here? I'm back <laughs> at Wales, and I'm like, I'm on a country shoot. Um, but yeah, so we play Bulgaria. I think I'm sub, and I, I don't play. And then you know I come back here. Um, and then things just start to uh, go wrong. And that's the end of the podcast. Is <laughs> it the end of the podcast? Well, so, um, where do we go with this? So, then you went to Millwall. Listen, we ain't talking yeah, about yeah, all that crap. We're not interested in that, guys. Yeah. The money shot. Yeah. Um, I've asked so many players about this. I've got so many different recollections, so many different stories. I was on the bus. I wasn't on the bus. I didn't want to get on the bus. I never saw the bus. I missed the bus. I've heard everything. However, we haven't heard from the man himself. When I... 
put the podcast out. Um, I was going to interview you. A guy called Jason Law. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Popped up. And I, I DM'd him. I said, surely you, 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 you've got to be a relation. He went, oh, yeah, I'm a relation. All right, I'm his brother. <laughs> um, 1995. Can you remember the date? Because I, I looked for I the date. I, I don't remember now. I do remember it was before. It was... We were, I had this thing in my head. I knew that what I was doing, drinking and going back to those old ways, it was, it was just drinking and being out and, and being silly, um, that I shouldn't do this. I had an opportunity and in my internal dialogue was, this is wrong, this is bad, you don't be doing this. So, and I said to myself, we've got one last party before we go back for pre-season. Oof. And I think it So was this would have been, sorry to summer. interrupt, June, June. Must have been, must have been like in the kind of end of the summer. Yeah. Before we go back. And it was, I, I don't know if it was Gribber's birthday, because I know Gribber had loads of, he had about 10 of his mates up, and I had my brother and his mates up. What was he? Rivers? To, no, is there, is there a guy Tom Rivers? Is he Tom? I saw a guy on Twitter who's been commenting as well. I didn't know if he was around that. I think he's one of your brother's mates. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, can't remember. Um, so there's a few lads. It was, it was him and, and three lads. Ross, maybe? Ross? Right. And, um, yeah, so we go to the, um, it's the light bar. Remember Mitch and Sarah from the light bar? I do remember the oh, light bar very well. see you looking at this, class. Yeah, yeah. So we go there. It was funny. Cause no comment, officer. I mean, this is the one part I do remember. We go in, it's, it's packed in there. We can't get this, because there's so many of us, we can't get to the bar, because there's only a tiny little bar. And then suddenly the, the whole thing parts. As it all, yeah. like some, you know, this big blonde hair comes, shining white teeth, and it's John DeWolf. He's Earrings. Come, he's come down to come out with us. So he's... Opinic. Lashy. Grubbish. You know, he comes up. I <laughs> think, uh, Wolfie, we can't get to the bar, mate, because um, he goes, yes. He just calls, yes. How come these ladies with these massive trays? Yeah. And what happened to him? He looks around at everybody. He goes, 15 becks. 15 to kilos. He gets out about 500 quid in a wall, <coughs> pays the girl, off Brilliant. comes back, and then he's there all night, you know. So I remember that. We were all laughing at him. All the lads loved him. Yeah. He was just a proper legend. So I, I, the next bit then is we've got trying to find a way home. And we start walking uh, home, and I think we end up at the bus station. And, um, you know, this is all a little bit vague, but apparently the bus was open. I get on, apparently the keys are there. So the other two lads, the Welsh lads, run to the back of the bus. My brother stands there like, as a conductor ringing the bell. So they all start singing like the Triorchy male voice choir at the back going, for he's a Johnny the driver, for he's a Johnny. So I think I start revving it. I've started it, I don't know how. So I start driving a little bit. Can I just say, have you got a driving license at this point? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just making sure. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, so we're, we're just messing around. I need some context to this. <laughs> so we get to the bit. So Jeff Thomas is with us. So we get to the end, so I open the doors, Jeff looks at me, looks at my brother, listens to them singing for he's a jolly good driver at the back. He's about to take a step forward and he goes, nah. Nah. And he turns around and walks away. Dodged a bullet. So my brother closes the door, rings the bell and off we go. We're driving around the bus depot and out we go onto the street. And I can vaguely remember then trying to take a bend. Apparently we were trying to make our way back to Techno to go to Grivers and um, wrap the bus around the... um, Around the, around the railings. We run off, we end up in the subway. I have my first brilliant idea of the night. I said, let's swap coats so they don't recognize us. So we're all walking around <laughs> with different coats. And then um, we, I said, we're, not, we're pretty casual at that time. And then we come out of the subway and there's helicopters and there's sirens and stuff. And everything. oh, we're in trouble here. 
So we try to hide in a bush, but the bush is only about two feet tall. So we're all sticking out like ostriches. And then we're surprised that the police come down and handcuff us and, and take us off. And um... I mean, the, the point, I'm, you made a point right at the start where you feel you're going back into your old ways. You're out, you're on the bay. You've been, you've been a footballer now for, for, you're back at Wolves. Did, did the alcohol almost make you sort of superhuman? It, it just, you just didn't care or...? Yeah, I'm going to blame Gribbers because Gribbers got behind the bar and he was like, he thought he was like Tom Cruise in cocktail. <laughs> and he's throwing these drinks together and yeah. you know, throwing them down the bar and we're drinking them and having a laugh and kind of... So I'm blaming Gribbs. Um, so yeah, too much. Too much, I think one of the... I remember Sir Jack, I think, getting in the taxi with um, a guy who eventually became my driver, Steve. He said, you know, you, I'll drive you everywhere, you get me tickets. And he said, I had Sir Jack in. He said, Sir Jack said, was it drugs? And he went, no, top shelf, Sir Jack, top oh, shelf. So, so that's, it was drinking silly, silly spirits. So the story is, carried away. The, the, the background stories, I believe, the driver went to the toilet. It was the 510 bus, it was a single decker. Yeah. The driver oh, went, went to the, to the toilet, toilet. Really? It, it, it literally left the keys in. Really? So I'm educating you now, oh, right? right? Okay. So he, he left the keys in, which, let's blame the driver. Blame the driver. If, if Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Let's rewrite history. Was there anyone on the bus? Just the... Um, Just your brilliant... Yeah. yeah for his because then, the the, there's a yeah. folklore story, there was an old couple and all. No, I think, this is, this is one thing, I don't know if this is true, I have to verify this with my brother, because I can't. This is one thing. <laughs> We've got Jason Law on next week. Yeah, so this is one thing, you know, that when you look back at your, uh, your life and you see moments, and this is like, you know, it linked with me being a Christian and God involved yes. in your life. I drive, and there's a zebra crossing, and there's an old guy, and I stop at the zebra crossing, and the guy crosses. See, I don't know whether that's the story. I hope this got told in court. And I go, and I go, and then I crash after. So I think, I, I think, really? It was like God saying to me, I'm still in control of your life, but you're in that case. I don't know. So, so you, if, you actually if, let the guy across cross the... the zebra crossing, and then I carried on driving. <laughs> so I must, there must have been some control I mean, there. there's a lot of laughs. Yeah. Look, I'm sure, and, and, and obviously you reform go, no, no. It could have gone the other way. Oh, of course. Listen, yeah. it, it, I could have mowed that guy down if he was there. I could have killed somebody, you know, I could have run did. against Thomas over instead of like picking him up. You didn't. No. Um, and there's a serious side to it, but equally, it went to court. I mean, actually, let's, let's, you get arrested. Yeah. Um, for want of a better expression, I bet your arse at this point is absolutely dropping out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, um, I think my whole world's going to fall out. I wake up in the cell, I don't remember much, but I wake up in the cell. I do <sighs> remember waking up in the cell and thinking, what have I done? My life's over. What an idiot. You know, how can I do have that? Have you got a missus at that point? No. Yeah. No, no. So no missus, no kids. Sorry, Jen. Um, so yeah, that's awful. Terrible, terrible. Go and lock myself. The club say, don't talk to anybody. God, I'm living with Gribbers at this time because I'm waiting for a house to be built in Tetna. Yeah. And I'm going to move into one of these new houses. So I'm with Gribbers. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, with Gribbers and, you know, no, don't speak to anybody. Don't. Um, yeah, so I spent some time with him. I spent some, a lot of time with Super Don, actually. Super Don was very good at this time. Yeah, him Don was great. Him yeah. and his missus and... I think he just had his kids, Curtis and... Actually, and Christine, he's, he's divorcing Christine yes. now, but yeah. she did, um, when she saw it, she said, I remember this very well. Because so. I went to them. They right. said, come round, and they were very good, very gentle. I think Don had been on the pop quite a few times and had been a bit wild. Damn good, man. No, really? No, so he was good. He was very yes. good. Um, Cribber's obviously, you know, brilliant. Um, and then... Graham Taylor, you know, on the club, because I wasn't sure what would happen. I thought I'd get sacked. I thought that, that's it. I'm finished. Nobody's going to take me. 
Um, I, I have to go into training on the, you know, not a few days after. It's not great. I, we used to train at Cosford. Yes. You know, Cosford's flat. Yeah. And so I'm walking down, all the lads are training down the bottom end. So they can see me coming, and I'm thinking, oh, no, are they going to keep I'll bet, bet he's great banter, though, and the lads oh, well, are Steve, Steve Harrison, they're all sitting on the floor doing their stretches. Steve Harrison gets, he goes to the front, he gets them all in two by two. He got, they got, they got about 30 lads sitting two by two in a line behind, and he's sitting there going, <laughs> driving like that. Like, oh, my God, all so the, so holding like, the steering wheel, so changing gear. Yeah, so, I, you know, you, you see, you know, okay, I'm, I'm welcome back. Maybe, yeah. you know, Graham Taylor's there having a bit of a snigger. But then I have to go and see him, and you know he says this serious. You're not going to play for me. You're not going to play um, until the court case. So the court case is a, a long time off. But he says you won't play for my team until. And you didn't. We've, I didn't play. So what? What were you doing? In the reserves. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's just it, it's all then unraveling away, isn't it? And what's very interesting, it went to court, um, and by this time. Grand Taylor would be sacked by the club yeah. and he'd come back and represented you yeah. and it's widely reported but we're going to hear it from you now Brian that it was Graham Reilly that, that put his neck on the line and it yeah. actually stopped you from going to prison absolutely and he had to walk the gauntlet of all the savage press officers yeah. because he'd been sacked yeah. and they were abusing him and all sorts of stuff and people weren't very kind he just walked down proper gentleman and he spoke brilliant. You know, he, he really, he, he's, I think he said he'd seen it all before. He'd been at the top level. Yeah, so he's seen everything. In he Boston. hadn't seen a guy stop yeah. at the zebra crossing for yeah. an old boy, go up the road, yeah. nearly turn a book. I mean. So he, he was brilliant. And I think he, um, my brother said, I think Ray Wilkins and Terry Orrath and a couple of other um, players, ex-players had written in. And um, I don't remember this. Um, as yeah, character references. As character references. Yeah, and so then, yeah, I think that um, um, it was interesting because I, after that, then we had Coventry in the cup. Yeah. Uh, and they said, you're playing. So you're in, you're playing. Um, so, because uh, I'd been doing well in reserves and I was in. So I go, it's funny because I was watching, um, somebody gave me the tape after because we won. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, I cut my eye open and blood's pouring. I don't, I'll face. be honest. So I smashed my I was probably eye open. pieced up in town trying to drive a bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I've got a great photo, actually. There's, I've cut my eye open, blood is all over my face, all over my shirt. We beat them. I think, is it 1-0? I can't remember. I got man of the match. I got a bike. I remember the bike, Coca-Cola bike they gave me because it was a Coca-Cola cup. Right. Um, and so I got a photograph coming off the pitch with... Um, with um, Gordon Strachan, yep. he's miserable, and I'm obviously you know we're doing that and stuff. So I, I'm man of the match. We go away to Luton. I'm man of the match. We play another game. I'm man of the match, but we got no manager, and so I get three man of the match in the row, and I start thinking, this is it. I'm back. You know, I'm kind of back. Yeah. And um, and so then Mark, they appoint Mark McGee. Yeah. Who? So the scout who's on Mark McGee's thing, he's got he's this, he's rubbing, loving me. He says, you're the centre up, you're this, you're that, brilliant. We don't want you, blah blah. In training, I'm, you know, I, I, I do some, something simple. I hear this pop on the back of my leg. Pop. And so I, I have to go off. I have to go back and stuff. There's a game, Mark McGee's first game. I'm not playing. Mark McGee's second game, I'm not playing. Mark McGee's third game, I'm not playing. So they, they say there's nothing wrong with your thing, but I, I'm in pain. They can't see anything. Was he so, Achilles or? So they take like six weeks before they put me on a, on a scan. Yeah. And when they scan it, there's a pocket of fluid stuck up the back of my Achilles. So if they'd done that initially... They'd have diagnosed it. So now I've got six weeks of not being fit. Yeah. And then they have to draw the fluid out. Yeah. This time, Mark McGee's brought in A.D. Williams and he's brought in another centre-half. So yeah. I'm on the way out. Yeah. 
So that was disappointing. Um, and then I, then I could have gone to a couple of clubs, Port Vale and a couple of other local clubs. They wanted me to go on loan. Oldham wanted me on loan. But the strange thing is, Martin Gee wanted me at the club. He said, like, I want you in the dressing room. You're a really positive influence on the, on the lads. Can you stay, please? Um, we'll give you, you know, what, what would you I like? I think he was looking for a bus driver. I think, was, I think that's what he was looking for. I should have flipped and put my, you know. <laughs> but said, you see me. Um, so I didn't, I just said, look, I'll stay. And then kind of, you know, it, it finished, the season finished. And I think Colin was going to take me to Reading and that fell through. So they yeah. ended up going to, with Billy Bonds to Millwall. Now, um, after the, the, the court case, you, you escaped custodial sentence thankfully yeah and you ended up doing community service yes 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 um it was quite humiliating early on they had me making bird tables in um with all the other naughty boys actually brian i'm glad i'm looking for a new bird table i was thinking <laughs> i think okay look this is terrible the, the guys running it were awful it was give me three years inside <laughs> but yeah i was thinking look this is awful i know that you you know we've been we, been misbehaving so there is punishment here but yeah. can they do something useful because yeah. I've been at the Wolves yeah so I coaching kids maybe I or... ask them I say can I go and do something can I do something with disadvantaged kids can yeah. I do something with disabled kids yeah we'll have a think about it yeah so next thing I get a phone call no more bird tables go to a special needs unit yes I okay go to a special needs unit. so I go to the special needs units I've got to fill in my 150 hours I absolutely love it it's brilliant the kids are responding, the school are happy, uh, Wolves are happy, the police are happy, you know, everything's going good. Um, so I've been there now about six weeks, uh, kids are responding, reading and stuff. So the headmaster calls me in, says, you've been doing brilliant. Um, we'd like to ask you a favour. I said, no, 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 anything. So we're outside the school hours, so, you know, it's up to you. Um, kids that leave here, they get no assistance. The government stopped paying. It's very difficult for them when they're in the outside environment. Yeah, yeah no problem. He goes... I'd like you to get the bus into Wolverhampton. Do you have any experience of Wolverhampton buses? I'm fucking round. Did he? Did he? What? You serious? He wants me to get the bus with the kids because they don't know how to get on the bus. So, do you have any experience of Wolverhampton bus? But he doesn't know. <coughs> I'm sure waiting. You should say that. I'm waiting for the lads to. Yeah. Oh, he, he, he's, he's coming only to on the it, end yeah. of my, you know, my time. I yes. Think he's just winding me up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You serious? The next day, I'm on the bus, going on the bus into Wolverhampton with all these kids. You know, wow. they, they don't know how to ask for fares and stuff. But he's winding me up. And, and for you, Brian, I suppose, you're obviously very spiritual. Um, it's almost then, you, you're giving something back, aren't you? Yeah, and it was, it was, it was good. It, um, I really enjoyed working with kids. And then when I finished football, eventually, you know, after snapping my cruciate at Millwall, I started a business working with disadvantaged kids. I did see that, yeah. Because yeah. you got a degree in sports science as well, didn't you? And you started yeah. a charity called Fit for Life. Fit for Life, yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, that was at Millwall. I think the PFA were putting on a degree. Yeah. Uh, that's where I met my wife. Yes. Um, so I, I was coming out of football. I'd snapped my cruciate. I was... Um, and so, yeah, so she was coming down, helping me with my degree. I had no interest in football. When they say to her, you know, she's just captain of Millwall, she goes, oh, no, no, I have no interest in football. Really? I have married a student. Ah. So she would say, I've married a student. So she's not a wag then? She's no, not she married That's what she said. I'm not a wag. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. supporting this uh, poor student. So, yeah, I, I had a degree at Roehampton, and then I moved back to Birmingham, back to the Midlands. Yep. Because she was working here uh, for a consultancy. So we came up and... Yeah, I worked in the inner city with disadvantaged kids, and then I ended up with gun and knife crime. But it was from 
wolves yes. working with kids yep. and working with disadvantaged kids. And so that was the catalyst, really, for my post-career. And also, I believe he was part of a musical workshop? Well, I wasn't. Uh, one of the, the, so another crazy thing uh, happened. Uh, I, I was working, uh, Tomo was involved, because Tomo was doing his teaching degree. Yes. So I said, Tomo, do you want to practice, what, you know, some, do some okay. practice with your theory? And he said, yeah. yeah, I'll come down. So he was doing some coaching. Yeah. We were doing really well. We had about 15 schools all together. Yeah. The business was going really well. I had a few problems wear and tear uh, the body. And so I booked myself in for an operation. I had a clean out in my knee. Yep. Successful dry wigs knee clinic. Go back down to him. Everything's fine. You can go back. You can, you know, you can do as much as you want with yes. the coaching. I've got 15 schools. I'm taking four or five lessons a day. On the way back from the hospital, some kid jumps the, jumps the red light, hits me head on, smashes both my knees into the dashboard. I have to go back to hospital. My knees are both up here like this. They're trying to draw all the fluid out. Yep. Um, I say, stop, you, you can't touch me. Like my wife calls the, uh, the, the private consultant who yes. operates on football players. He said, don't let him touch you. Come back down. I have to go back down for another operation. But then I, I lose the business because then I'm... Because uh, you're out there. Yeah. I'm out. But the, so we, we, what you're talking about is that the schools that have lost me, yes. they say, can you do anything else? And I say, well, I, I've been, my, one of my hobbies is making movies. Okay. Do you remember when Max first came out and you had iMovie and you had Gary? Yes, Man. yeah, yeah. So I used to play around with that and I yeah. used to make movies and okay. it was quite good. Yeah. So I said, I can make movies, you interested? So they say, yeah, come in. So I put together a plan yeah. of making movies with kids yes. and making music. And yes. Stuff. And then I go out and then I, you know, I go into Aston and Nietzsche's and yeah. all these so, all, all, so almost deprived areas, I yeah. suppose. Yes. But these kids, you know, they are incredibly talented. Yep. You know, they're given a tough time, they're this, they're that, but they are geniuses. Yes. And so I tapped into their genius. Yes. And I said, look, if I provide this, can you come with me and can you deliver these yep. programs? So that's where the charity came from. That's where the success in music came from. I think we got to number five in the charts with, with, a, you know, with a track from these kids. Yes. We just turned, because the music was very violent, it was, um, you know, sexual, it was all about guns, and it was, right, okay. this is my postcode, Aston, this is my postcode in Nietzsche, this yeah. is my postcode in Hansworth. But we turned it around, we made it fun. And yes. I, you know, a lot of the boys are uh, successful today, they've gone on to do... Brilliant, really so you've made, it, you've made a difference. And I suppose it's almost like poacher turned gamekeeper for you, where people have also helped you along the way, people have given you an opportunity. Exactly. And the chance, you know, we talked about Wolves giving me another chance. And, yes. And that's what you do. These boys have been excluded or they're not. They're ostracised from the mainstream schooling system. But they're brilliant. And so you think, how can I make a way for them to... So what would have happened to Brian Law if he hadn't have had that chance off Graham Taylor? One thing's for certain, you wouldn't have gotten the 510 at Wolverhampton bus station. No. But what would you have done? I don't know. It's because um, I was back in Merthyr. Yeah. Because I had a house in London, but I was renting out to one of the QPR players. And I couldn't afford to live there. Yeah. And I was back in Merthyr, and I just don't know. I really don't know what would happen. So it, it, it was almost... It was looking dark. A, a, yeah. It was looking dark. It would have probably been a few warehouses in Cardiff and Swansea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, it was, it was a life-changing to, to come to, especially a massive club. As you said, it's a huge club. It's yeah. history. It's kind of, it's got the glamour, and I was really lucky. And those games under the lights. I remember, actually, you won't remember this. Well, you will remember it, but you won't remember me. I played for Azori in the Wolverhampton Sunday League. You? And you got your boots on, I think it was yeah. about 2001. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you come down and Enzo. Dino was nagging me. Oh, Dino, Vitalazzi. Yeah, yeah, Dino. So, so did you? Yeah. leave me alone. And Enzo, 
What so Dean, so ends up, and I remember seeing it in the back of the Chronicle. You was you they, they got you signing, sign and they put a picture of Brian Law oh, signed. Yeah, yeah. So I was I went down at the time, and I was yeah, playing yeah. from, and then they was going Brian Law signed, and we had a game at Four Ashes, and you was playing centre off. So bear in mind, a few years before, this is the, the weird thing. You're still you're playing size and weight and age, and yeah. a few years before. I was watching you play at Molyneux, calling your name. Next thing you know, you're pinging balls over the top to me for a Zori. <laughs> Flipping it. Now, you, 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 you're very spiritual, yes. aren't you, Brian? Yes. Um, yes. For you, do you think the, the moment with the bus, do you think that, excuse the pun, maybe turned a corner, maybe? Uh, yeah, I think, that, I think, I think the travelling first, Yes, know, traveling and spending so much time alone and being yeah. in so many different areas, seeing the poverty, yes, seeing the all different the world, uh, and its variety, and then the bus thing. The bus thing was a huge wake up call. And yes, to revisit the things that I'd been thinking about, just about maturing as a as a man and about you know having a wife and a family. Yes, you know you're like a child. I'm like a child yeah. drinking and being silly. And, and part of that is your spiritual maturity, yes. you know, as well as the other things. And I, but yeah, I do. I think waking up in that cell that morning, yeah. that was a catalyst for me to sort of rediscover my faith, if you like. And I think we've all done it because, listen, I'll go out on the, I'll go out on the B&L. And the next day, there is anxiety. You do feel a bit wrong. You know, if you've had too many, you yeah. can get a little bit depressed. You can... So, I can't even imagine because I've never woke up in a place after a night out. You, yeah. you, your whole world is just crushed, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I yeah, I, 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 I think that's the only way I got out of it, really. Um, obviously, with Graham Taylor saying you're not going to play for me again until this is resolved. Yes, I'm thinking, um, you know, the shame of it, really. I mean, Wolves were brilliant after. I mean, I must say, the fans. When I did venture out after, hey, you're a legend. We, we loved you. We did. They were brilliant. And yeah. Also, um, I remember. I remember. You know that game that got recorded, um, the the Coventry game when we won. Yes. The cup, and I was. I asked if I could watch it. The old VHS. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played it, and I was just making a cup of tea, and I was playing. And it was before the game, and the Wolves were going, "We want Brian Love. We want Brian Love." And I'm going, "Wow!" You know. So yeah. I, I thought nobody want me to play. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so I didn't hear that from the dressing room, but they go, "We want Brian." Then when I, they say number five, Brian Law, yeah, you know, I'm playing. So I thought, "Wow, you know, maybe I have been forgiven, if you like." Absolutely. Um, and funny thing was, I had some of the subway crew come up to me. Yeah, and yeah. They went, "If you go down, we look after you." <laughs> so we've had a word. We got people inside. Well, I'm not going to mention <laughs> names, but I'm sure I know a couple of people. So obviously, subway army synonymous with walls. Uh, yeah. So they said, "If you get yeah, down, we'll get you looked after." Yeah, we'll get you looked after. So like, oh well, wow. You know, they came up to me and said, we've got people to look after you. Don't worry. I mean... You'll be looked after. It's really strange because you just couldn't imagine now anyone at Wolves going on... Let's think of the centre-half at Wolves at the minute, Max Kilman. He ain't going uptown on the beer with the lads (laughs) and driving a bus. He's just not doing it. It's a different world, though. It's a different world. And um, you all... Listen, you, 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 you've you battled illness recently, haven't you, as well, Brian? That's, that's been something... Yeah. yeah, so a crazy... I mean, it was crazy for everybody over the last three or four years. Um, we went to France because, uh, you know, my wife had left a big corporate to do something on her own. Yeah. And then it all went crazy. Yeah. So we're struggling financially now. Right. Um, we homeschool our kids. Yes. So it costs us a lot of money for private tuition. Right. So things have got a bit crazy. We decided to go to France where my wife had a job on yeah. a nuclear... Uh, nuclear, uh, I think it was EDF. Yeah. Uh, and then that starts to go wrong. So we decide to come back. I want to, we're caught in this cladding crisis. Remember the Grenfell fire? 
Yes. We're caught up in the Grenfell crisis. Right. So we get a demand for £40,000. The government say, let the government don't make the builders pay for the cladding work. So, so sorry, what was your part in that? Sorry, so we own a, our home is a penthouse in Birmingham. Yes. So we come back and we think we're going to sell now because our plan was to sell when I'm 55. Yes. I will have my operations that I need. I yes. I need an ankle fusion. I need a knee replacement. All yeah. these things from, from Wolves, actually. Yeah. yeah. The ankle, I had a reconstruction at Wolves. So, we, we get into a problem where I go to rent it and sell, there's a part deal, I end up, it's gangsters, I have to kick the gangsters out, I have to return <laughs> all the money. So, I didn't know any of these guys. So this, that happens, but while the gangsters give us our money, we decide to go and try out a business on a farm, we should live on a farm, maybe we can do some holiday cottages. Yeah. So we go and invest there. We have to give the money back to these gangsters. I can't have them wrecking the house. I think they want to do a brothel or they want to do something in, my, in, the, in the thing. The cladding work starts. Yes. They ask me for 40 grand to pay for my own cladding. Right. So, you know, they're not going to make the builders pay for it because the builders are now living in the Bahamas and they yes. don't want anything to do with it. So they add, they add that as compound interest to my mortgage. So I think, look, this is silly. I'm, this is my retirement money. I've got to sell. Yeah. These things are getting crazy. I try to sell. The management company prevents the sale for six months. I get a second buyer. Six months. So is it the same sort of claim as Grenfell? Yes, same as Grenfell. Right. So I get the third buyer. So I'm now three years in. Yeah. And I can't sell my flat. It's empty. The builders break in, smash it up, kick all my windows in, use everything. I can't live in it. I can't rent in it because I'm the penthouse. They've taken over the roof. They've taken over the balcony. So all this is happening. But in the middle of this... And that's your retirement go, investment. That's your to go back problem. to your point, is yeah. that I've been ill for a while, but I think I'm tired because we've had a seven-year-old. I'm, my wife's 40. I'm 46. We have a third child. Yeah. Brilliant. I think I'm tired. I think we've got... Another, two another old feeling. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. I've got two. So um, I think I'm tired. I've got a few problems. Yeah. I've got internal bleeding and stuff, but you know, I'm not going to go to the doctors. I keep putting it off. You're, you're a man, aren't you, Brian? We do. I'm a Merthyr boy. So I don't go and... Um, but then, you know, things are... The stress is enormous now with the, with, the, with the money. The money's dripping away. All the equity's coming out. We're stuck. We don't know what to do. Um, and so I, I better go to the doctors. I go to the doctor. I think it's this problem. They yep. say, no, you, you've got to go. There's something serious. I, I keep popping around to different hospitals. I eventually end up at the Christie in Manchester. Yeah. You've got cancer, you've got a massive tumour. Um, it has to come out immediately. So I'm thinking, oh, goodness gracious. So, um, I, I, yeah, I have to go in immediately. Um, they operate, take out the tumour. Um, but the, you know, we're under so much pressure, I have to go to Manchester on my own. I didn't tell my wife until the day before. I didn't want to put her any, any more pressure. Oh, by the way, I'm going to the Christie tomorrow. I've got cancer. So I go in for a week. And um, that's sorted. So that was a exactly... Well, if you don't mind me asking, right, you don't need to tell me, where was the tumour? Uh, colon. Right, okay. Yeah, so... It's very, very serious. Yeah, so I, I tried to keep putting it off. I said, look, I don't feel that bad. He goes, no, you've got to come in. So I went uh, a week, and then I've been back. I put it off. I should have gone in for checks. I should have been going for checks and checks, but I've been really worried about this house. Eventually, we've lost the house. We've had to hand the keys back because we're not able to sell. Uh, the management companies prevented us from selling. Um, so I went in two weeks ago and had my final check. So I've been given the all clear a couple of weeks ago. Well, I mean, that is, that is great news. So that must be, and that puts everything into perspective. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, I mean, I'm 54. I'm 54 in the years. You don't look it. Actually, you, I didn't realise you are a unit. I mean, you can yeah. see you, 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 yeah. you're centre half, aren't you? Centre half, mate. Centre half. Um, so, yeah, I'm 54 and we've got to reinvent ourselves and start again. And what do you um, do now, work wise? Well, no, but I, that's the problem because I've got to go and do um, something. But I need, a knee, I need a knee reconstruction, an ankle yeah. reconstruction. I've been to see the um, doctors, surgeons, and they say, you have to do it. But now, because we homeschool, because my kids are near university, yes, we've gone down a different route, but they both want to go to university. Yeah. We're in this kind of scenario where we've got to get them over the line. Yes. And my wife's working uh, consultancy. That's why we're here. She works at the pathology department with the chaps there in, in Wolverhampton. Yes. Um, and so we're kind of stuck in this kind of, well, yeah. what do we do next? How do we move And you're, you're living in Chester now? You're near Chester, yeah. So we're, we're actually living in a place that we, we had to, obviously, because we haven't got all our money's gone. Yeah. Uh, it's with a family, um, and it's not the greatest accommodation. Yes. It's, yeah. it's an upside-down townhouse with um, no flooring. Right. So we're, um, yeah, so it's a difficult time. But as you say, you've come out of the cancer. My wife was seriously ill. She's come out of that. Bless her. And we've got three healthy children. I mean, Brian, we, I, I mean... It, it's been an unorthodox journey from start to finish. It certainly has. It hasn't been the, the 2.4 children. It hasn't been that it's been up and down. Would you have it any other way, realistically? Uh, no, no, no. No, it's, um, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. We yes. had a crazy life. We were very impulsive. My wife's the same. She loves something new, something fresh. Yes. So we went to live in Australia for four years. Right. Um, we lived in uh, Perth, and then we drove yep. to Sydney. Yeah. Um, you know, we've driven all around Australia. We still got the same car. We brought it back with us. Right. I didn't see it, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's our Australian Good car. Good size of a bus. It's about 200,000 kilometres now. Yeah. Um, so, no. Then, we, you know, we went to live in France. Yeah. We've, we've lived in, we probably had about 15 different homes. So we've, you know, we've homeschooled the kids. We give the kids a world schooling. Absolutely. On this journey. And that was our Which choice. Which will make them more rounded, more exactly. grounded, more. And it more, seems more. to be the way that they both are. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So I think settling down now and trying to reinvent ourselves for the, you know, the, the next 10 years. And, and for you, Brian, um, you don't, I interview, I've interviewed 110, you're the 110th person I've interviewed. So you see some people who, if they're still harboring on football now, a career in football, or for you, do you do you define yourself as a former footballer, or is that just a, a tiny piece of this huge jigsaw? Yeah, yeah, it is because you know I was talking to my daughter about coming down. You know, what are you going to say to them? And I said, well, I can't really. I wasn't really a football player. It was like this funny job I had for a little bit there and a little <laughs> bit there. And really, my life has gone up and down and over the yes. place, east and west, and. Um, but yeah, I was really lucky to have that point, especially the Wolves thing. I think the bookends of Millwall and 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 um, QPR when yep. I first started. I'm still in touch with my youth team boys there, Tony and and the, and the lads. But this Wolves period is the excitement, the, the is the feeling, the pinnacle almost. Yeah. because this was a career, which was literally nine years and only a hundred appearances, professional appearances. Yeah. Which look, I would flipping give an organ to play. One minute of a professional football game. I'm dog shit there, by the way. Um, so for you, it's still a massive achievement, but it, like I said, it, it's almost such a small think, part of the whole... Well, think about coming to Wolves. I come to Wolves, and then in one of the games, I can't remember the game, somebody tackles me, and I snap all my ligaments in that, in that tackle. Yeah. I put a strapping on, and I carry on playing. Yeah. 
And then it's so bad, my ankle's wobbling when I take the boot off at the end. Yeah. And I need a reconstruction. So I go to Wolverhampton and I have my ankle taken apart. Yeah. I'm 12 months out. Yeah. 12 months, gone. gone. And then I make a bus. I'm six, <laughs> I'm six months out. <coughs> so I've only been at Wolves yeah. for a few months. And so my 40 games come in that short period. So two final questions. Think about the, 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 the last question while I'm asking the first question. The last question is your highlight at Wolves. But the first question is, when you got behind the wheel of that bus, was, was it, was it as, as, as difficult as you thought? Or was you like, hang on a sec, I've got this in the locker? No, mate, I thought I had it in the locker. Yeah. I was doing circles around the, uh, the bus, bus station. Bus station, I'm killing it. Yeah, they got, they got big, really wide. Genius. Yeah. I thought, oh, here we go. I'm a genius. Yeah, even if I get sat down with a bus driver. I'm there. I, I think I'm there. But I go out onto the town, and I'm not thinking about those massive 52 seats at the back. I think I can take those bends. <laughs> so you're almost thinking you're in the Fiat 500. Yeah. Take it. Uh, yeah, sharp bend. Yeah. All I hear is... And what, what, what did you hit? Do you know what you hit? I took the railings out. I yeah. took the whole railings out down the, the side of the dual carriageway. Yeah. And the bus was crumpled up on there. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. That's when a lot of my money went. I had a massive fine. Oh, really? A huge What was the fine? Yeah, so my brother said to me, my brother said, they, they had me at the, you know, at the counter. You know, they realised who I am. And then my brother says, I'll take the blame. I'll do it. You can't lose everything. And I go, no. Oh, wow. No, no, no. That's me. I have to take responsibility. You know, I, I'll do it. Jason, you legend. So I go. You know, he's flipping. He's laughing. He th- he called. He said I I was because I was so badly dressed because I was wearing the other guy's gear. Yeah. He said you look like Goldie looking chain at the thing. He said you were talking in your Welsh accent. The Welsh came out in me. Yeah. Because they were singing Jolly Good Driver. He said you looked and they started laughing. And your brother was going to seriously turn around. And then yeah, so he's gone from laughing. He said to me, I'll, I'll take responsibility. I said, no, it's my responsibility. So I said, it was all me. I made them get on. I did Fair play. Them. And then, you know, I, I took the massive fine. Of the bad. Can you he could have literally been playing for Wolves the next week. The brother's banged up. I could have. <laughs> and he would have gone down, wouldn't he, for a few years? <laughs> yeah, he would have done. I would have got the subway to look after him. Because I ain't being funny. <laughs> I ain't being funny. Graham Taylor, I ain't standing over you, brother. Doing it. So for you, your highlight... At Wolves, and if you say it was driving a bus through the no, ring, no, no, no. I think it was the uh, the FA Cup run. I think yeah. that was you know Sheffield Wednesday away. Yeah, the, the, the Gribbers penalty. Yeah, the save, uh, and then the you know the, the replay, the penalties. Oh. So, you know Mansfield, then then the the Coventry. I mean, I was absolutely. It was here. I remember here. I remember having a coffee really late at night. I remember being really ill, and we had Palace the next day in that game. I hadn't slept all night. I should have said to him, I've been ill. Is that Palace in the Cup? Palace in the Cup. Is that when Chris Armstrong yeah. went to, and stuck in the he top corner of the stanchion? He scored two unbelievable two worldies. Goals, two worlds. So he played he up put that one and he stuck in the stanchion. I should have, but I was dreadful that game. Yeah. Oh. I just had a terrible time. I hadn't slept. I drank coffee late at night. I'd done these stupid things. I was ill. I should have just said to the gaffer, you know. But the away game was good. I think we should have got a better result. Yeah. There was Sid Cowan who scored the yeah. equaliser. Sid, what a player. Legend, mate. Legend. I mean, we, you like, talk about players and then you look at one like Sid. But, but Wolves was great. You had Bully, who was the, the, the legend. But then you had Sid, you had Wolfie, you know, Super Don. It was a great It was, place the, it to was be. a crazy it game of Wolves at the time. It was a, you had all these different outfits. You had the old boys, Stowley and Jonah. You had the young kids, Dino, yeah. and Jamo and Jinky. For being you know, of course. You had them lads. You had me, Gribbers and Ranks that thought they were something special. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Coffee Cockney boys. 
it was a great time. It was brilliant. It, absolutely, it was, it was brilliant. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for your time. Um, I want to thank you so much for being as, as honest as you've been throughout the interview. Not only that, we've covered some difficult subjects, you know, addictions, I suppose, illness, and, and obviously we had to include the bus story, which you was great with. For all the listeners, guys, um, you know, you've heard so many different stories before. This was from the horse's mouth. Brian, um, thank you for being as honest as you've been. Thank you for representing our great club and thank you for, for taking time out of your schedule for, for, for coming today. Yeah, um, so I've been down to Wolves a couple of times lately. There's a wonderful, wonderful school opened up in Gornal. Okay. A couple of yam yams. Uh, yes. Um, it's uh, Tom and Haley Bowen. They okay. They opened up the first classical, which is like a medieval school. They right. They forward because education's gone. Yes. And I've met them, brilliant, all Wolverhampton fans, and they've started a school in Gornal, which is based on the old trivium, which is grammar, logic, and rhetoric. The way right. that all the greats, from Alexander the Great up to Churchill yep. and all that, they've started that in Wolverhampton. It's the first in, in the country wow. by a mile. And so, um, yeah, I'm really inspired by that. I'd like to copy them, but I think um, if anybody wants to support Haley and, and uh, Tom, you know, please check out their website because they... It's, it's an amazing thing that they're doing. It's Hayley and Tom. Hayley and Tom. I've got disabled daughter, Brian, and I want to thank you for, for doing what you've done for the community. I suppose the bus story almost created a lot of good and positivity. And yeah. that we, we should always remember, guys, in every negative, there's so many positives. And it's changed your life for the better. Absolutely. And here you are. So what I'm going to do, guys, I need a lift now because I've had a couple of glasses <laughs> of wine. I'm getting in the car with Brian. I'm calling an Uber. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Law. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks very much. Thank you. Really enjoyed it.